Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Gaslit. I'm Shay, and I'm joined by my beautiful, brilliant co-host, Erica. Hi, today we have a really, really cool episode because we're getting to talk to some non-Texas abortion funds and practical support organizations. So just partners who do this work um, in places that aren't Texas that are still really needing um, worth talking to. And so we're excited that we get to chat with some folks from Cobalt Abortion Fund today. Hey, y'all. Hey. So specifically from Cobalt, we have Melissa Hidalgo Cuella, who is the Cobalt Abortion Fund Director. Since she began working in reproductive health four years ago, she's focused on advocating for reproductive rights and supporting key actors in the abortion movement to enable abortion seekers to access safe, equitable, and quality care. She's passionate about ensuring the right to abortion care for all, regardless of the client's financial status, residency, gender identity, or race and ethnicity. Outside of work, Melissa enjoys spending time climbing, running, and creating pottery. Hey, Melissa, can you say hi so people know your voice? Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. So excited to have you. Yes. We're also joined by um, Karina Hernandez, who is the Cobalt Abortion Fund Manager. She graduated with a a BS in biology from the University of Denver and is currently pursuing her master's degree in public health at the University of Colorado. She's worked with Cobalt for a little over a year and started out as a regional organizer. Currently, she works alongside the abortion fund director to create connections with other abortion funds hey, <laughs> around the country to remove social economic barriers for clients seeking reproductive health care. Prior to this role, Garita was the senior research assistant for Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains, with a team focused on increasing telehealth access for medication abortion care. Hi, Garita. <laughs> Hi, I'm so, so excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Of course. Thank you for being here. Yeah, y'all are, again, speaking to other abortion funds, especially outside of Texas, very cool. Thank you for being here. Um, just to get us started, can you just tell us, like, about Cobalt? How did the work start? And, like, what type of work do you do now? Yeah. Thanks so much for the question. Uh, Cobalt is a grassroots public policy and political advocacy organization. We have um, an advocacy side of the organization and then also the abortion fund side of the organization. Um, We, Cobalt, started in 1967 um, and organized around bills that were legalizing abortion care in Colorado. And the abortion fund was started in 1984 Uh, by the First Universalist Church of Denver originally um, in response to the state funding ban on abortion care here in Colorado that was passed by only 0.78%. We really advocate here for um, making sure that all clients can receive our funding from our abortion fund. Um, So we have no income or residency requirements for our clients if they're going to one of our partner clinics and they're able to receive um, our funding. And um, again, we have a policy arm and advocacy arm. We have an amazing organizing team that really works to get uh, Cobalt's information to folks on the ground. Um, And then our team, the Cobalt Abortion Fund, is comprised currently of three people, myself, the Cobalt Abortion Fund Director, Karina, the intake manager, and Molly, our intake coordinator. 
Y'all are doing so, so, so much work and such important work. And you have a staff of three. That's wild. Um, and you're getting a lot of things done. So really, really cool. And so interesting to know that you started in 1984. That's such a long time. So you've been doing really good work for a really long time. Um, and I appreciate you sharing the history about it. And like, can you share a little bit of what's going on in Colorado right now? Like, what's the state of abortion access where y'all are at? Yeah, thanks again for those questions. So um, recently, we had ourselves alongside of our um, coalition, the Reproductive Health Rights Justice Coalition, here in Colorado had a recent win. Um, this legislative session, we passed a three bill package alongside some organizations, Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains, Flor, New Era, um, that um, essentially um, protected patients, providers, and um, assisters to increase abortion access in the state of Colorado. Um, the three bill package included a shield law for abortion and gender affirming care in Colorado, um, an insurance law that requires in-state private insurance to cover abortion care, and it made uh, another bill made uh, it a deceptive trade practice to administer abortion pill reversal, a dangerous and unethical practice. Um, and again, we pass these alongside Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains, Color, and New Era. Um, and the abortion fund is a fill gap. We were, again, as I said earlier, we were created in response to the state funding ban in 1984 here in Colorado on abortion care. Um, and because of that ballot measure that passed 40 years ago, um, with less than 1% of the vote, vote, people on public insurance and public for state employees are banned from having abortion care covered by their insurance. This is why the abortion fund exists, and it means that we have a lot more work to do. Um, it's something that we're going to try and change next year with our coalition, again, the Reproductive Health Rights and Justice Coalition, um, to make sure that um, abortion care is more easily accessible for folks in Colorado. That's amazing. Sorry, as we were talking, I was like, whoa, that's like the opposite of Texas. Um, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Just, you know, just this idea that, like, the state is is providing, you know, measures so that nobody gets deceptive and, like, abortion pill reversal is, like, debunked. It's, like, junk science, which is what it is, um, is wild because, like, Texas just spent millions on the alternatives to abortion program, which is, you know our our medical like it's it's basically like a script that's required to be read by abortion providers where we still have abortion clinics and now it's just like funding for anti-abortion centers or cpcs and these are people who like love to tout the abortion reversal pill or whatever the hell um so i just like love to hear from other states that like actually state government could do cool things if they wanted to um and like if they listen to advocates on the ground like y'all who are obviously pushing this work so that's amazing <laughs> that's so cool um yeah we're i will mention we're really excited about the shield law we, um it provides protection for uh, providers, patients, and assisters. So we really want to make sure that folks know that um, Colorado is a safe space to come to to get abortion care. And um, if you're in need of funding, Cobalt Abortion Fund is here to support you as well for procedural needs and practical support needs. Thank you for saying that. And I feel like you've provided the perfect segue because like our next question was just 
basically like um can you talk about how things have changed in Colorado um since you know Roe fell and also before that SBA um as as far as like what y'all offer in practical support and abortion funding like how has that changed since SBA I mean um it really did set the precedent um, after Roe was overturned, um, for procedural numbers in 2021, we spent a total of 200,000. Um, and then in 2022, that doubled to 500,000. And then so far up until August of 2023, we've spent 500,000. So, um, clearly these numbers have gone up significantly in Colorado. Um, as we see the majority of our patients roughly, um, about 96 or sorry 92 percent are coming out of state and then 68 percent of those are coming from texas a lot has changed um however in terms of the practical support that we are offering um you know before sba we weren't doing a lot of flights and hotel um reservations because a lot of our clients were local from colorado but because a lot more people are traveling out of state our flight numbers have increased our lodging numbers have increased and then with that comes ground transportation like rideshare services and meal support for their stay for listeners listening uh who have lost track of the number of abortion restrictions (laughs) um sba is the law that texas passed um the year before roe so 2021 um and uh it banned abortion at six weeks in texas and it created a mechanism in which uh, texans could report each other to claim a bounty on like who was aiding and abetting abortion um so when got those numbers that Karina just shared are from like literally that uh started from that and that just kind of went bananas as roe was overturned and to know that like half of like more than half of the folks at Colorado seniors coming from Texas is bananas. Again, I keep using this word. Wow. Yeah. And I feel like it highlights like that the need for abortion didn't stop. People just had a much more difficult time getting the care that they need. And I'm wondering if y'all can share a little bit about what impact that has had for local folks now due to the influx of people coming to the state. Like, cause you said before you were mostly just funding like um, in state, people didn't need as many flights or hotels. So I'm wondering what it looks like for them trying to access care now. Like, is there higher wait times at the clinics? Is there an influx of new doctors? And just like, what's going on for Coloradoans? I guess is if that's what y'all are called. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, Colorado. And Karina, I'm gonna just say something before you take this question on. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to mention Shay to a point that you mentioned um, in that last comment. We did really see numbers increase, the numbers that we spent on practical support and procedural funding increase after Senate Bill 8 in Texas and after the Dobbs decision in June of 2022. Um, However, I also want to highlight that those numbers didn't stop increasing. We are still continuing to see an increase every single um, month, every single week. Our intake team is still seeing an influx of clients and the volume is really um, just continuing to increase. And that's something that we want to highlight as well is that um, the need is still out there and that need is still increasing as bans and restrictions um, continue to uh, happen throughout the country. And then Karina, I'll pass that question on to you. 
Yeah, Melissa, thank you so much for highlighting that because um, it is true. While um, this increase has not stopped, I do we do want to emphasize that um, our services have not. So in terms of the practical and procedural support that we can offer, um, especially for local clients, that's still very much available. And we will find ways to um, assist clients, whether from in-state, out-of-state, um, in whatever capacity that we can. However, I am, I can't say the same thing for our clinics. Um, there is a domino effect um, happening in which all services, not just abortion services, but all reproductive rights or reproductive health services, like gender affirming care, family planning, those services are being um, more and more delayed because of the large influx of patients coming in and out of state for abortion services. Um, so while we are here to support in any way that we can, um, our clinics are being um, are seeing this large increase of patients every single day. Yeah, that makes so much sense. One, that the need is not stopping. It's going to continue to grow as these bans continue to devastate communities and keep people from their rights, which is accessing essential health care whenever they need it in their own communities. And that other parts of health beyond abortion access are also being impacted because they're targeting other things like trans care and other gender affirming care. So Ah, it is so frustrating, but it just makes me very grateful for the work that y'all do and your adaptability because this wasn't like what you thought that you were going to be doing when this was probably started in 1984 is taking folks from all over the place to make sure that they could get access in Colorado. But y'all have truly done a really wonderful job and missed a really difficult and challenging environment. And so, yeah, just lots of gratitude for all the work that you're doing. Um, and this, while we are excited, so excited to talk about like the national scope, I really do just want to hear what y'all think Texans coming to Colorado should know, because for a lot of our callers specifically, and I know for, this is true for other Texas funds and practical support organizations, when we talk to folks, this might be their first time traveling or like getting on a plane or being away from their family for this amount of time. And so what's just something you would want somebody who's coming to Colorado to know? Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, so many things. One, that um, we have laws that will protect abortion access here in Colorado. And we want them to know that because I think there is so much misinformation um, out there. And we want to make sure that they know that it is safe and legal to come to Colorado to access abortion care. Um, last year, we helped pass REA, the Reproductive Health Equity Act here in Colorado, that protects abortion access. And then we have that SHIELD law that was passed this past legislative session that protects um, patients, providers, and assisters um, in both abortion care and gender-affirming care here in Colorado. So the state of Colorado, um, we are we are going to protect our patients and we want to make sure that that folks from all over the country that are traveling here especially texans know um, while they travel here to colorado and then the other thing is that funding is available we have partner clinics throughout the state of colorado we have some partner clinics in new mexico a partner clinic in wyoming and planned parenthood of the rocky mountains and we also partner with telehealth clinics um, and we fund both procedural funding at those clinics and their practical support if they're in need of traveling to get to there. So um, if they need funding, they can just reach out to Cobalt 
um, through our intake form online and our amazing intake team that works through a client-centered lens is going to be there to be able to assist them. Oh my gosh, sorry. <laughs> I was overcome with emotion and so therefore cannot find my mute but unmute button. But like that is just to say that I'm so glad that like obviously that abortion funds exist, that COBOL exists specifically um, to to handle that influx. I, I can't imagine that it's easy to have to pivot or not pivot, but just expand um, your services. And so I guess, um, is there like something that you wish that everyone could know about like the work that y'all are doing? So I would say that I wish everyone, I wish everyone knew, I guess, that they in the life of our shoots a little bit, um, because coordination of care is just so, and I'm, you know, I'm sure y'all know this too. It's just, it's so much more than just, um, booking a flight and booking a hotel room, right? Like sometimes, uh, we get clients and we're speaking to them over the phone and they haven't told anyone about their decision. So we, you know, are the kind of front line. They'll tell us everything about it. So it's a lot of um, emotion. Um, it's coordinating childcare, their work schedules, flights um, that work with that. Um, some people have never been to a different city before, much less have ever been on the plane. So sometimes it's coordinating how do you get to the airport and what should you expect from TSA and what can you bring, what can you not bring. Um, there's a lot that goes into coordinating um, having to travel out of your state for health care um, on top of just the nerves of, go, you know, uh, having to travel outside of state for um, your health care because of a lot of the information that's misinformation that's out there. Um, so I wish, you know, if any if everyone could do one thing it's to debunk this misinformation and really truly understand what it means to travel outside of your home state for health care and i'll add to that that um we have a trained and experienced intake team that really provides client-centered support um language that karina uses that we have all really um adopted is when we are working with clients we want to make sure that we are never putting them in a position where like where they feel like they have to ask for money. We want them to know that it is available for them if they're in need. And so I love the way that Karina phrases this and um it's asking clients how much that they're how much they're able to put towards their abortion procedure without compromising money for rent, utilities, groceries, um, child care, etc., so that they the client knows that they don't have to completely zero out their bank account in order to receive this essential health care. Um, that we are there to assist them in that getting information about that financial situation, how much they're in need of, is um, all that we really need to make the pledge. Um, and we're never going to, you know, turn a client away. And so we really want to, you know let clients know that we are going to work with you and you never have to ask for the support or, you know, try to make a case of why you need support. Um, we're just here to provide it when you're in need. That's awesome. Thanks y'all so much. What I, I feel like I'm, what I'm really getting is that this from what you just shared is that like your work is so grounded in compassion and relationship building with the people that, that call in. It's not like they have to tell you a story to make it seem like they're worthy of this money. They just are by 
having the need and like they shouldn't have to sacrifice paying for rent or buying food to be able to access their health care. And that it's a simple, straightforward process with people who are willing to meet you where you're at and help you get to where you're trying to go and knowing that you're not alone, not alone in that journey. So just so, so beautiful. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And I wanted uh, want to hear from both of you about what you hope the future of abortion access looks like. I hope that the future of abortion access really goes above and beyond what we had with Roe versus Wade. Um, we within the abortion movement really know that Roe versus Wade was the floor and never the ceiling. Um, there are many more things that we can do to make sure that abortion is more accessible to everyone within um, the United States. Polling shows that more and more people want politicians out of their healthcare decisions, um, and they want people to be able to make their own healthcare decisions for themselves. And so we want to really see that reflected um, and make sure that it is accessible for people and that um, the government is not getting in the way of people receiving healthcare. Um, Another thing that we always point out is that available does not always mean accessible. Um, Colorado is a great case study of this. We've talked a little bit about the shield laws and abortion protections that we have in Colorado. However, we still have work to do. There are abortion deserts throughout the state, and that is something that our organizing team is um, working towards, is getting folks on the ground, spreading information about um, how abortion is safe and um, seeing, you know, what we can do to really make sure that abortion is accessible throughout the state. Also, public insurance currently in Colorado um, and at the federal level does not cover abortion care, making it inaccessible um, for state or federal employees um, and those on state insurance. And so um, for me, I really see the future of abortion access becoming more accessible to folks, um, especially folks um, people of color um, that we know um, have been disproportionately harmed by these bans and restrictions throughout the nation. You know, pass it off to you. Yeah, um, I agree with pretty much everything. As I always do, I agree with everything Melissa said. Um, and I think that we both share this sentiment and that we kind of hope that we don't have jobs later that our abortion funds don't exist yes <laughs> just like every other form of health care right like we can you know throw in the towel and say okay we've done what we needed to do because now it's just accessible and there you know there's no more social determinants of health like transportation and restrictions um, that prevent people from getting the care they need so if i could wave a magic wand it would be that but no, that's very true. And also we talk a lot about like, you know, wanting to not have to be necessary in the future. Mm -hmm. um, even though we love what we do, it's, it's, we shouldn't have to exist. Um, and trying to organize your way out of a job is a lot of, a lot of hard work. Um, and so I just want to know for both of you, what are y'all doing to take care of yourself when you're not doing all this? Like, what is it that you try to do to like, you know, keep it moving and also just like replenish your own cup as y'all give so much. Yeah. I find so much inspiration um, working with clients and then also working with other organizations within the abortion space. Um, I've always really felt motivated by knowing that, you know, clients 
are in need. And we, you know, I, I feel fortunate to be able to be in a position where I can support clients through the abortion fund. Um, and I also think that, again, the like movement wide, there are so many different folks that are willing to support you. Um, we're all in this together and we, um, you know, really show up for each other in times of need. And I think that that is um, especially the case with our team, um, the Cobalt Abortion Fund team. We're pretty tight knit, all of us, and we're really supportive of each other. If someone needs some time off to recuperate or just kind of get some rest to make sure that we can show up um, for other, you know, for our clients, we're really good at, you know, taking on some extra work to let another person have a break. Um, and then personally, I just make sure to still pursue the things that I love in life. Um, I do pottery on the side, so I make sure that I still have time at the end of the day to make pottery, go running, go climbing, um, and really prioritize my own mental health outside of work. That was so beautifully said, Melissa, because I cannot emphasize enough, and I always joke and say they don't pay me to say this, but um, I guess they kind of do, but not really. Um, I am. Extremely grateful of our team at the abortion fund. I think it's very hard to find a team that you have so much chemistry with, um, and the ability to help clients and also rely on each other in that space is extremely important. Um, and I do think that there is space where we, where in in the movement where we find people who just align so well with you it's almost as if someone was writing a story it, it truly feels that way um I earlier made a joke that I was like I agree with basically everything Melissa always says and I really do because of how aligned we really are um and it's so fun to be able to just bounce ideas off and expand in the way that we do which makes this work fun it makes it allows me to take care of myself in that way um, and then I would also say just like finding things that relax your nervous system because we do work in a very high stress job. I mean, there's, it's very easy to internalize other people's stress in the work that we do day to day. Um, but just, you know, for myself, I know that relaxing and, and relaxing my nervous system looks like laying down sometimes while I'm doing client um, work um, just because naturally my body is laying down um, or just getting some sun. Um, I know that sounds so like, I don't know, it sounds so weird, but it is true. It, it resets me. Um, so that's what I do. Thank you so much, both of you, for sharing the ways that you care for yourselves and truly like uplifting the ways that you care for one another. And I can see how that easily translates to the way that you care for the folks that you serve. So um, thank you for just thanks. I'm going to say it a million more times before we probably close. But um, And so I was wondering if you could share about how folks can stay connected to you all and the work that you're doing and plug in and all those great things. Yes. Um, so we are on social media. Um, our name is Cobalt Advocates. So we're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, and Twitter. Um, we also do a lot of volunteering um, tabling events. Or sorry, we do a lot of tabling events in Colorado. Um, we always appreciate volunteers to help to come and learn about Cobalt and spread the word about Cobalt. Um, and then, as I mentioned earlier, we are in the next year going to try um, within the coalition to run a ballot measure um, to 
take away the state funding ban on abortion care. And so we're really excited about that. Um, we want folks to know that they can sign up for the ballot measure for more information about the ballot measure when it launches. So make sure to watch our socials for more information on that. There are going to be many different ways that you can volunteer with Cobalt on that if you are Colorado-based. Um, and then another portion that we will say is um, your abortion story is your own story and um, it's yours to share only if you want to, only if you are ready to and when you are ready to and in the way that you want to. But if there are folks out there that are willing to share your story, um, cobaltaf.org is the Cobalt Abortion Fund website. Um, you can go to the share your story button there. Um, we use um, stories either anonymously or with first name or first name, last name, whatever your preference is. There are many different options that you can choose on the website. Um, and we use those stories for more policy and advocacy work um, to, again, ensure that abortion access remains legal and protected here in Colorado. Y'all are wonderful. I hope everybody that follows or listens, follows, and then shares just so more people can know about all the brilliant stuff that you, you're doing and um, all the things, up, things that are upcoming that are super exciting as well. Yeah, we are, I, I feel so, so fortunate to work in this space. I love what we do on a day-to-day. -day. And like Karina mentioned before, I hope that eventually... Um, the abortion fund is not needed because abortion is available, accessible, and funded. Um, however, until that day, we are here to provide support for our clients, um, Colorado clients, and those seeking care within Colorado or at one of our partner clinics. So if you are in need of funding, please go to our website. We have an intake form online. You can submit that, and our wonderful intake team will work with you. Um, to help support your needs. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing and for being here and for all the work that you do and for spending this time with us. Amazing. Well, Erica, you want to sign us off? Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Cobalt team, for proving to us why abortion funds should rule the world or at least, you know, <laughs> a good region of it. Um, and, you know, for just doing what we love and I want to encourage y'all our, our sister funds and also just anybody listening to to stay lit and to keep doing gay abortion shit so thank you <laughs> <laughs>